This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, joined as always by Brian Broadus, former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan, as well as the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And Brian, I have a feeling this is going to be your favorite podcast we've ever done, because I'm having to do this out of my hotel room in Tampa which is with the team, and yeah. so I'm much quieter than normal. Yeah. So. I, I just can't wait till I get that text message from somebody that's either across the hall from you or next door and saying, God, that Bobby Belt sure is loud. I mean, so I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to be reasonable. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting here. It's, it's a beautiful hotel room. As you can see, I was clearly on the charter. I have a a, a damn button down, like like I've got a, an actual button down shirt on sure. with a collar. I, I'm not doing that unless I'm absolutely forced to. And uh, there is a dress code when you get on the charter. Um, but uh, Brian, before we j- dive into the uh, Cowboys Tampa talk, which by the time this airs Monday morning, uh, we will uh, be just a little bit away from the Cowboys kicking off in their playoff game. Uh, as I look over at the television screen right now, Brian, there's 11-11 left in the fourth quarter, and it is 24-24 between the Giants and Vikings. So with that in mind, knowing we don't know the results of that, uh, any big impressions from the weekend of uh, playoff football? Yeah, I'll tell you what, there's some, um, you know, you you saw what San Francisco is capable of. That, uh, that game was very close at half. You kind of felt like that maybe Seattle was going to find a way to hang in there and just too much firepower at San Francisco. And, and that's, I believe that's why everybody who is in the playoffs or, you know, fans of these teams want nothing to do, especially Cowboy fans really want nothing to do with the 49ers. When you start to see their ability, uh, you know, Brock Purdy has played really, really well. Um, You know, and you you knew that was going to happen. If you follow along with 105.3, the fan and our stuff in the draft show and all that, we've always talked about a Brock Purdy and what he did at Iowa State. You know, I mean, Iowa State, you look at since he's gone, you know, Iowa State kind of reverted back to Iowa State, you know, 20 years ago. And so I I just I'm I'm super impressed with San Francisco, as everybody was. I was super impressed with the way the Dolphins hung in with uh, with Buffalo today and and Buffalo's quarterback. You know, let's be honest. I, I know on Twitter I was answering questions earlier this morning about, you know, who had more pressure on him and like you know everybody's like no it's Dak it's Dak it's Dak it's like no it's Josh Allen you know Josh Allen was the one who was going to be you know was preseason MVP and this was a team that was going to the Super Bowl and all that but great job by the Dolphins hanging in there they didn't get the result they wanted you mentioned you know this Giants um, this Giants Minnesota game both teams are super comfortable playing in the fourth quarter and yeah it's going to come down to uh, you know, if the Giants find a way to win this game, then they travel to San Francisco and you'll go to Philadelphia. 
if, in fact, you win this game. Uh, so, yeah, a, a lot on the line. But but like I said, both teams in that Minnesota Giants game, they play, they play uh, very tight games. Both teams have negative point differentials going in. I think it was the fourth time that's happened in league history. Uh, you know, just crazy to think this. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think you can honestly flip a coin in that game. And, you know, by the time we're done with this, uh, maybe we'll have an idea what direction they're going. Yeah, uh, by, by the time we wrap up, I would hope we'll, we'll have an answer as to which direction they're going. I got to say that as it stands right now, for me, I would much rather go to Philly next week than San Francisco. I'd rather play the Eagles right now than play the 49ers. The 49ers are just an incredibly difficult matchup. Although, you know, they've shown that they tighten up in the second half, but they've shown in the last few weeks they'll give up some big passing plays. They're becoming a little vulnerable there in, in, in getting hit with some of those chunk plays. So uh, either way, though, I don't think that's a great matchup for them, uh, for Dallas and San Francisco. But we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. We do have to actually uh, worry about winning win a this. playoff game. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, winning the first road playoff game since uh, January 1993 uh, when the Cowboys went to Candlestick Park and beat the 49ers on the way to their first Super Bowl victory over the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Brian, what we're going to do today, we're going to steal from our buddies over at the KNC Masterpiece. Uh, Kevin Hagelin, Corey Majors, Mike Bassett, who do a great job uh, on 105 Through the Fan with us. Uh, they've got a segment every week called Cowboys Win Because and Cowboys Lose Because. And just basically outline, you know, hey, if they win, this is probably why. If they lose, this is probably why. So we're going to discuss some of that here in the uh, in, in these two segments before we get to the mailbag. And the first one I want to tackle is Cowboys Win Because. And Brian, when you look at this matchup, what is the the big what's the one or two big things you think will will be talking about coming out of this game if the Cowboys win it? There's a couple different areas, and I do want to get your opinion on this too. So I I, I want to leave enough time for you to have your say as well. Uh, being that we're in the playoffs here, I feel like I I talk way too much during this thing and. But I want you to have an opinion as well. And Brian, 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 if, if ever you worry that you're taking up too much time, just flash me your Super Bowl ring and I'll uh, shove that's no that it's not <laughs> not that easy. Um, I think this game's gonna come down to a couple of different spots. Um are you going to be able to handle these Buccaneer receivers? And especially I, I I'm not just saying at the left cornerback spot. You know, we've seen Diggs have some issues, too, on some double-move stuff. We've seen some inside-breaking routes that have given him problems. We've seen him lose some guys. If you watch the All-22 every week, there's times where he'll lose guys and the ball doesn't go his direction. So I kind of feel like this, for the Cowboys to win this game, they have got to be on the screws when it comes to their secondary. And – They'll have an opportunity, I think, to get pass rush. I do. I feel like that, you know, we'll see with Jensen. I, I'm hearing whispers out of Tampa that uh, Jensen, the center who hasn't gone all year, is going to likely start in this game. Um, but they Mike have, McCarthy, Mike McCarthy told us on 105 through the fan that's what they were game planning for. Yeah, and they, they and they play. should, and they should. And now the, the other side of that is, you know, with Donovan Smith, and how do you attack Donovan Smith? And the Buccaneers are terrified of anybody that lines up opposite Donovan Smith, especially the pass rushers they have, the Cowboys have. So that, that, that could be a very, very good positive. 
With the Cowboys, I do worry about the secondary, and it's not just the left cornerback spot. We'll see what they got in Xavier Rhodes. You need Xavier Rhodes to be great in one football game. You really, really need him to be great in this football game. And, you know, it, it's he's a long guy. He's a physical guy. He's got some toughness to him. He just doesn't run as well as he once did. You know, and maybe that's, okay, you shade Hooker to his side. You know, you figure out, you bracket the opposite. If it's, you know, if it's Godwin, you want to bracket. If it's Diggs, me personally, I travel Diggs with both these guys. I kind of mix it up a little bit. You know, don't let the Buccaneers get a real feel for how you're playing Diggs in this game. Yeah. But to me, it, it, a lot of this is going to come down to their ability to play in the secondary. On the other end of that, though, on offensively, though, I just feel like that they got to get that Hall of Fame performance from Tyron Smith at right tackle. Yeah. You know, I think they're going to need to. I think they're going to need to lean on Vita Vea, and I mean lean on him with Martin and Smith, and they can't let these linebackers run to the ball free. They've got to get guys up. So it's it's not just. I don't think it's the game plan from two years ago to just throw the ball every snap and hope for the best. I feel like they're going to have to find a way to gain some positive yards running the football. Now, I, I, I know it, it's probably, you know, first down runs or seem to be a nightmare for Cowboy fans that we're living through right now, but they're going to have to find a way to control the inside triangle, the nose tackles, the defensive tackle, those linebackers inside. They can't let those guys wreck shop in this game offensively. So, going to come on the secondary and I think it's going to come on the offensive line well uh, as you were talking just there uh, we got a Saquon Barkley touchdown with seven minutes left in the game there so uh, Giants up 30 to 24 pending the extra point uh, which obviously everybody's going to know the results in the morning but I'm letting Brian know because we're sitting here having to broadcast during it uh, Brian it's interesting you know I think you mentioned the Tyron Smith thing that's huge to me I think the vulnerability at that second corner spot or third, however you want to call it, because Bland in the, in the base package is the other corner. Um, but but that other corner spot outside of Bland and Diggs, I think, is what very well may take them out in this playoffs um, yeah. if, if they're not able to get a, a steady performance there. But I'll, I'll go with the, the obvious one, which is if the Cowboys win this game, I think it's because Dak and the offense wins the turnover battle. Whether it be just by not having any or, or you know, limiting them enough that if the defense is able to scoop up a few, uh, you'll be able to have a good day. This year when the Cowboys won the turnover battle, they're 7-1. and one. Um, the, the only game they lost was to Jacksonville, and that was a game they realistically should have won. Um, and so I, I think when you look at how much turnovers have dictated whether the Cowboys have success or not in this season, um, I, I think that it's easy to look at that and say, Let's try and limit these. And look, it's easier to say it's easier said than done. This is a team that took a year and a half to fix penalties. You know, they were, it was something that we talked about almost every week for essentially 18 months was what are, what are you guys doing here? How are you going to fix this? What's going to happen here? Um, and, and they never seemed to get a hold on it. I know we had talked about you're just always going to have to deal with the penalties. And now that they've corrected them, it, it kind of coincided with this real strong increase in turning the ball over. Um, and so it, it's something that now that's the thing that you're worrying about and having to correct. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't help when you get seven of Dax interceptions that are graded as non-interceptable throws, meaning they were on a, a receiver or whatever else, but that still means he threw eight. 
I mean, yeah. he threw eight in, in a short amount of time, and we're not used to him turning the ball over like that. And so, uh, Brian, knowing that that's going to be such a huge key in this game is, is Dak's, you know, and the offense in general not turning the ball over. What's the balance between the aggressiveness you likely need to play with in order to win this game while also not playing reckless? Like, like is aggressiveness without recklessness really possible? <sighs> Boy, I'm having a hard time with that one, Bobby, because I just don't see this quarterback all of a sudden flipping the switch and becoming this ultra conservative. You know, I, I think that Dak Prescott, it's just it's in his DNA that and I'm not saying the turnovers are in his DNA. By the way, you know, those interceptions that he has, how many have been pick sixes or how many have ended up being Three. Yeah. So three, I mean, and it's and it's been it's been three in the last like five weeks. So it's really see, it's really prominent. It, I think it just it's yeah. It just feels like it's fifteen. You know, every but I I honestly I, I know when those penalties were all starting. I was like going, just get used to it. The officials going to call it. Dallas is going to be penalized. It's not going to change. Well, you know, you know, averaging some games, so they had three and four penalties and. You know, I'll say this about the penalties real quick. Dallas needs to draw some of those holding calls if they can. Early in the year, they were doing a really good job with their pass rush of forcing opponents into holding calls. I can't remember the last time we've seen a holding call in a game. You know, I mean, I'm sure there is. I'm sure somebody out there, well, damn, brought us last week against the commanders, you know, but. I just don't remember it as like it seemed like to me the Cowboys were pl- were putting opponents into negative situations, you know, and rushing the passer with and 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 let's be I, I think the numbers will tell you that the Buccaneers are one of the worst teams in the league when it comes to third and long. So I mean, if you can get them in some negative yardage situations, because Brady, you know, he's not going to just throw it up and hope for the best. He'll check it down and they'll get. If it's third and 18, he'll get eight, and then they'll punt the ball kind of a thing. But to your to your question, I just don't I just don't think all of a sudden we're getting the playoffs and this is gonna flip. I, I think yeah, the yeah. thing that thing that I just worry about the reckless Dak. And I mean reckless in a way of maybe it's not reckless, maybe it's I'm not seeing this the right way, or maybe I'm not didn't see this guy, and I'm now making a throw. I don't need the Dak being pulled down and just flinging the ball into an area guy. You know, yeah. I, I don't, or I don't need Dak off his back foot with pressure in his face, just throwing the ball out in the flat into triple coverage, and Antoine Winfield is standing right there. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't need that, and I hate to say this, but it he gets in these games and it, you know, it's going to happen. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you could do to prevent that. I I just don't, because he's not going to give up on a play. He's going to think a guy's open and he's probably not open. And, you know, he's, he's not going to live to fight for another day. And maybe I'm willing this into existence. Like I did the penalty thing, but, (laughs) but, but I just don't see all of a sudden, we get to Raymond James Stadium on Monday night and everything is completely different. You've won games with him having a good stat line with completions and attempts and yards and touchdowns. 
and also had two picks. You know, you've had you've won games with him turning the ball over. I just don't know if you want to do that in the playoffs. Here's a uh, fun fact for you. I had to go look it up, Brian. Once you mentioned it, I had to go look. When was the last time you think an opponent was called for offensive holding, an opposing offensive lineman? So not a receiver on the edge or something, but somebody in the trenches flagged for holding against Dallas. Well, let me ask you a question. Am I right? Yeah. It, has, it hasn't been a while, right? It hasn't been a been- while. It's been a while. Okay. I'm going to go with Green Bay. The Green Bay game is what I'm going to go with. Nailed it. Third quarter of the Green Bay game. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about basically the last half of the season. They didn't generate any offensive holding calls yeah. on opposing offensive linemen. Now there were some against running backs. Like the most recent offensive holding call was against Tennessee. Traylon Burks got flagged for yeah. it. But different. Yeah. We're talking about trench play here. Yeah. And the boys are not generating any of that. Um, do you think that's something that – I mean, that's surely something that – the, the Cowboys talk to the league about. I know teams routinely are in communication with the league office about, hey, can can we get an eye on this? Can we have something, you know, can we make sure we're, we're addressing this over here? Well, you get to see every game live, and I get to see eight of them live during the season. And it seems like to me that Micah Parsons can't catch a break on some of this, or, uh, you know, I Tank Lawrence can't catch a break. Um but that's, you know, sometimes when you get in a game where the officials aren't calling penalties against you, they're not calling penalties for you either. You know, they're letting yeah. both teams play. And me personally, you know, I just know when the Cowboys get somebody in a negative yardage situation. Now, if they have to be alert for this team will throw a screen, you know, to a running back. They'll throw it to Fournette. They'll throw it to White. And if it's third and 18 – I mean, how many times they throw the screen, you're like, oh, damn, they're about to pick this thing up. You know, yeah. it's three yards short. You're like, oh, my God. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the thing about it. It's just that that Tampa is not a good third and long team. And I don't know if you could sack Tom Brady. I- I'll tell you what. The one thing I know about Craig Walderstead, the official for the game Monday night, he's only called four roughing the passing penalties penalties this year okay and everybody says well it's tom brady you're going to get some you know you're going to get some calls because it's tom brady i kind of feel like these officials that if they don't call it during the year they're not going to all of a sudden call it in in a playoff game i just don't now i could be wrong and everybody's going to come attack me for you know there you go broad as you said it and all that (laughs) but you know if it's me if I'm close enough to take a clean shot at Tom Brady, I'm taking clean shots. I'm not hitting him in the head. I'm not hitting hands to the face. I'm not going low in the back of his legs. But I'm, I'm taking some shots. I'm bumping him around and letting him know the pass rush is close. I, I can't tell you how many times, and it doesn't happen often, but, I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you this. When you watch Brady lose a football game, that, that jersey has grass stains all over it. Right. That's that gets to him. That man's 45 years old, still playing at a high level, but you knock him around a bunch. I saw Cincinnati do it in the second half of their game. Saw San Francisco do it in their 35 to 7 win. You knock him around, it's a different it's a different scenario for him playing that way. And again, I also had to go look it up, Brian. Uh since the Cowboys last got an offensive holding call against an opposing offensive lineman, the Cowboys themselves, their offensive linemen have been flagged nine times 
for offensive holding. So we're on, we're on a, quite a streak here. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast, the Love of the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.